Legally Vocal from Aperio, with guest host I, Stephanie Boyce, celebrating women in legal. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Legally Vocal. I'm I, Stephanie Boyce, President of the Law Society of England and Wales, and with me today is Chidi Onyechi. Chidi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Well, thank you for joining me. Let's start by you telling us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Chidi Onyechi. I am a fourth year associate at Latham & Watkins, which is a law firm in the city. I've been there for six years now. Um, I feel slightly old saying that out loud. Since training and qualifying, I've been in the project and finance and development team. Um, And so I do a lot of work with big sovereign funds, in various different jurisdictions, working out their infrastructure and financing their infrastructure. I'm also the global leader of our firm's Black Lawyers Group. I've been um, recognized for a lot of the work that we've been doing at the firm and also outside of the firm. And recently, I just won the Inspiration Women of the Year Award for 2021, which was great to see. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And Shidi, you're passionate about increasing diversity at top universities in the legal profession and more specifically in the city. So tell us a bit more about your work around this. So um, I grew up in a single parent family and I grew up in uh, East London and a lot of the schools in East London don't have um, the same trajectory that I experienced when I went to university. So a lot of people go to school, finish around 16 or 18 um, and then just work in their local area. University isn't really where um, they want to go or it's not even in their thoughts as to where it is they can go. Whereas when I went to university, it was kind of just a given. Everybody had been prepped from uh, the time that they started school up until the time that they had got to school, that they were just going to go to university, get a job in the city, and then go from there. And I think what ended up happening, I was very fortunate that I got a number of different mentors and sponsors various different stages of my life which made it a lot easier for me coming into the profession and I just wanted to pay that forward. Did you seek them out though? Did you did you seek them out? How did you know about the sponsors, the mentors? Yeah that's a really good question actually. So um, I think the first mentor I got was as a result of being black and a woman. So there's um, an organisation called SEO London that focuses primarily on black and ethnic minorities to get them into professions in the city. And so I got onto their programme straight out of university and they made sure that I was the best version of myself when I was applying to vacation schemes, training contracts and getting into the legal world. And as a result of that, they kind of gave me an understanding about what it is I needed to do once I got through the application stage and into the vacation schemes and training contracts. And then because of that, I then realized how it is that I would get mentors, how it is I would get sponsors and put myself out there in ways that made it easier for somebody to want to mentor me and for somebody to want to sponsor me. And so as a result, I've had sponsors all throughout my legal career um, from the time that I started my vacation scheme up until now, and they have been instrumental in my success. And that's such a lovely way to put it. I mean, just take it, so much of what you said has resonated with me. You know, uh, first generation British, growing up in a single parent household, my trajectory. Um, and, and in fact, because of my low socioeconomic position, you know, university was not necessarily on my horizon, the first person in my family to go on to higher education. Yeah. So just taking us back slightly, 
for those who are listening, who perhaps are thinking, university, it's out of my reach. How do I get there? What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. How do I build those networks? What would you say? Yeah, if it's for university, I think it's important for you to recognise that university is and should be an extension of the things that you find interesting and you want to delve into more. I um, came from a Nigerian background and um, all of the people that I kind of spoke to, including my mom and my aunties and uncles and things, would say that I needed to become either a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. And so for me, when I was applying, I was like, well, I don't really like, um, like blood, so doctor's out of the question. I'm not very good at maths, so <laughs> engineering is out of the question. And I like talking, so let's do law. Um, a bit like me. <laughs> <laughs> So I went through the law route and thankfully I really enjoyed my degree. I actually really enjoyed um, the people that I met. I loved learning a little bit more about the legal principles and jurisprudence as a general topic. But I find that a lot of people go into university and go into higher education thinking that it's for them to get a job and it's more so that you can delve into the interest that you have. So if you really like your history, GCSE or A-level, go and do history. If you really like architecture and buildings, and whenever you go on holiday, you find yourself at museums, go and study that and not think so much about the future. You're quite young in that stage. And so it's easier for you just to run through it that way. And then with your networks, I think it's just making sure that you put yourself out there so that you can learn from the best um, and increase your networks that way. Um, I was really lucky that I got a couple of work experiences straight out of um, my GCSE, so when I was about 15, 16. Um, and I'm still in touch with a lot of the people that I met on those work experiences today. So Chidi, earlier you spoke about paying your way forward and thinking about that, where each of us can make a difference, a world where difference is valued and celebrated and where together we can forge women's equality, equality for everyone collectively. We can all hashtag break the bias, the theme for this year's International Women's Day. So have you observed any barriers and biases against women in the legal industry? And what initiatives have you seen to help overcome these? Yeah, so I I think there are barriers and biases. I mean, if you look at the kind of senior levels of law firms in particular, the number of women um, that you have there are not representative of the number of women that you have in society. Um, the junior classes are getting a lot better. And so that is at least a direction in, even in the right direction, but we're definitely not where we need to be where, you know, the junior classes that you have, so, you know, your junior lawyers, where it's kind of 50-50 being reflected in the senior level, so partnership, equity partnership level. And some of the initiatives that I found um, have kind of been born out of necessity. So if you think about the pandemic um, and the last two years, there's a newfound appreciation for what women do and have been doing so seamlessly. Being able to kind of navigate the home life and navigate your work life without really feeling that there's any um, difference in the amount of effort that you give. I think a lot of people have got have been able to really take heart in the fact that it's hard work. It is incredibly hard work and really applaud the work that women do. Additionally, there's been a lot more flexibility, um, which then means that it's easier for you to pop out to, you know, your son's football game or your daughter's ballet recital um, and not feel a sense of guilt that you're letting work down. 
which I think is really helpful for women in particular um, and hopefully will end up translating um, as we get further along the cycle so that the you know the equity partner and the partnership level starts to reflect actual society um, and then I suppose another thing that I've really seen which is great is mentorship and sponsorship and we touched on that a bit earlier and I've seen that a lot at the firm I'm at right now and um, and so what we have there, there are two main things that I think are fantastic and it would be great to see more initiatives and more organizations implement that type of work where when a um so the way that you know partnership works at most law firms is that once you get to about fifth or sixth or seventh year you start thinking about whether or not partnership is what you want to think about and what you want to be doing and so what we have is our senior women across our network so not just in london in you know all of our offices in the states all of our offices in asia have pulled together a committee that reaches out to a woman that's entering her fifth year when she needs to start thinking about whether or not she wants to be doing law long term um, and discussing what her passions are what she sees for herself long term as a part of her legal career and has regular touch points so it's um i think every quarter a call just to work out and to make sure that what she had planned in fifth year is still something that she wants in seventh year and she has that accountability and also somebody to help her navigate throughout that whole process and then um we also have something similar in dc um and that's for future black women partners in the dc area um, and it's the, exactly the same system so you have all of the black female partners in dc which as you can imagine isn't a massive number so they pull together all of um the black women in um, law or in big law in their fourth or fifth year and again work through where it is they want to they want their legal career to go to and they have regular meetups regular kind of brunches and meetings conferences and making sure that they have the legal skills to be able to do what they want to do but also have the soft skills to navigate their um, internal systems so that if they want to become partner they can do so if they want to do in-house counsel roles if they want to go into the next you know administration they want to go somewhere um internationally you have all the women in dc rooting for you and tapping into their networks to make sure that, that can happen Great. Thank you very much. So what can organisations do to break the bias and contribute more to women's rights and equality? What more? We know there is more that needs to be done. We know there is lots of being done. Yeah. So um, I think it's to start off with recognising that the way that we've done things before is not only way to do things. And so while unconscious bias trainings, for example, can be helpful, it's noting that you know we can't really move the for the needle forward without action based on the trainings that we've received and so there are three main things that i think um would be great to see more organizations doing so the first is allyship um and it's really about being a true ally and not just a performative ally so you know not just being on a distribution list um, and knowing when the women lawyers events are happening or when the black and ethnic minority events are happening, but working out how it is that you can use your privilege um, as an ally to really move the needle forward. 
The second thing I had was um, like intersectionality. Um, and recognizing that some program, the same programs can't work for the same people just because they fall into the same protected characteristic. Um, so, you know, the fact that I am a black woman um, doesn't then mean that the way in which you mentor and sponsor me will be the same way that you sponsor another black female lawyer. And it's recognizing those um, points and working individually with the people that you really want to be able to succeed and forging a way for them that way. So, um, for example, I trained a number of the black female trainees um, in at Latham. Um, and as a first year, I wanted to really make sure that they and every intake after them had the support that they needed. Um, and it wasn't about, you know, having a program that generically helped women lawyers or black lawyers and first generation professionals. It was about like understanding the specific experiences of those individuals because not all of them had the same backgrounds, not all of them had the same experiences. And that takes time and effort. Um, and I suppose, although it seems like a, a high hurdle, quite difficult to do, once you do that, you actually allow people to really engage and really reach their full potential. Um, and then the last thing I had was on business development. So a lot of lawyers are service professionals. Um, and so we are about um, making sure that we serve our clients as best as we can, which then means that you need to have a very good relationship with the clients that you're working with who care about diversity and care about, um, you know, not just like, you know, lip service diversity but actual diversity so that that can impact the way in which you um do work so we have um a, a client who needs to see our report every year that looks at how many women have been made partner how many black individuals have made partner how many what their team makeup is like individuals that are really caring about how diversity works and how it, it impacts their service professionals. And I mean, as a, you know, slightly mid-level junior lawyer, I have some really great relationships with my clients and um, the women in my career and in my industry are aware of what moves the needle for me in particular. And that's, you know, reaching out to me on specific legal points and reaching out to me with work that then is able for me to put that to my firm. And then my firm is like, okay, great. This is somebody that is able to generate work for us and knows what our client needs. And so I think it's a two pronged attack. You need to work out ways in which you allow for that business development aspect so that, um, younger and junior lawyers are able to develop relationships that will actually move the needle at their firm because their firm then recognizes the value that they bring in addition to the legal services that they provide but also on the flip side clients also you know wanting to see more diverse teams recognizing the benefits in diversity and um, encouraging their legal counsel to really implement that within their teams and within their firm in general. Absolutely. So looking to the future, what more do you want to see for women in the legal profession? Of course, we know from the statistics, the latest statistics, certainly from the solicitor profession, that 52% of those 
practicing uh, with a certificate are female. 63% of those coming into the profession are female, but yet only 31% of females reach partnership level in private practice. There's work to be done, but look into the future. What would you like to see? I think that, you know, that statistic says it all, and it would be great to get to a position where the incoming class statistics reflects your partnership and equality and equity partnership um, level statistics. But I kind of touched on it before, and it's a more diverse client population that care about diversity, that care about diverse teams, that care about the benefits that diversity brings, not only to their firm as the client, but also to the legal services and the solutions that are provided. And I think that will end up impacting the landscape of senior associates, mid-level associates, and then as a result, income partners and equity partners. So imagine a gender equal world, a world free of bias, stereotypes and discrimination. Hashtag break the bias. Chidi Onyechi, thank you very much for joining me in conversation today. Thank you so much. Legally Vocal from Aperio. Join the conversation on LinkedIn or Twitter at Legally Vocal and follow on your podcast app of choice for every episode as it's released.